We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com live postgame show slash podcast. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. The Lakers fall to the Minnesota Timberwolves in a game that, like, frankly, the Wolves were the better team most of the night. The Lakers gave themselves a chance in the fourth quarter, but ultimately couldn't mount enough of a comeback push to get the win. Oh, boy, what a missed opportunity. Listen to this. Oh, this is what happened around the NBA tonight. The Trailblazers lost. The Celtics lost, which is always nice. Doesn't actually help the Lakers in the standings, but I feel good when the Celtics lose. The Blazers lose. The Jazz lost. The Pelicans lost. The Clippers lost. The Lakers had a chance to move into the play-in with a win tonight. All the other teams the Lakers needed to lose, they all lost. It was a perfect night. Everything was setting up exactly the way the Lakers needed it to. And then the Lakers lost their game to the Wolves, which means they won't make any progress compared to those teams because the Lakers also dropped this game to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So we'll talk a bit about what happened in this game. I thought uh, the Wolves game plan was much better than the Lakers game plan. Um, was not close. You saw what they did to try to stifle Dennis Schroeder. You saw that Dennis Schroeder is essentially the offensive engine in terms of getting the ball into the paint of this team without D'Angelo Russell, without LeBron James. So they committed some of their bigger wings to Schroeder, and that really gave him a lot of problems in this game, dealing with some bigger players that were defending him. The Wolves' defense in general in this game was tremendous. They put Mike Conley on Malik Beasley, and Conley is very, very good at getting through screens and around screens and just reading Things. I mean, he look, he's he's not the quickest guy anymore to defend point of attack, but off ball, reading where a guy's going to cut off screens, he's tremendous. So they made a, a very smart move by pulling Conley off of Schroeder and putting Conley on Beasley, and he stopped Beasley from getting a number of looks, trying to come off of curls and things like that from three. And then, of course, Schroeder had struggled as well. Essentially, when you look at the box score for this game, it wound up the Lakers' offense was Anthony Davis, and that's it. There really, no one else really got into much of a rhythm. Now, Beasley did finish three of six from deep, but 
the looks that he got were all off of broken plays. The Lakers couldn't scheme any looks for him, really. The Wolves defense did a nice job shutting that down. 38 points for Anthony Davis in this game. And it wasn't necessarily like AD was being the ball hog here. No one else could get going in this game at all. Austin Reeves had probably the worst game we've seen from him in quite a while. Um, didn't look comfortable handling the basketball. The Wolves defense was real tough. Uh, his two turnovers were pretty bad. Uh, didn't get to finish out the game. In fact, Lonnie got to finish out the game because he did not look good in this one. 10 points for Lonnie Walker. Maybe it was a little bit overly aggressive, but that's kind of what you do when, you, when you're Lonnie Walker and you're fighting for your spot here. He took some shots that maybe you'd argue that he shouldn't have, but again, overall, wasn't a terrible performance from him. But again, you look down the, the box score, 38 for AD, Beasley and Walker in double figures, everybody else in single digits. Dennis Schroeder, three for 13 shooting. Uh, you had Austin Reeves, two for eight. Rui Hachimura, oh man, he did not have a good game. Could not finish anything near the basket, seemed like. Two for nine from Rui. Troy Brown, three for five, but not enough volume to really get much going there. So when you have all of your guards, essentially, with the exception of Beasley hit a, hit a few threes, just not producing for you, going to be really tough to win a game. And then when the dust settled, the Lakers shot just 32% from three. The Wolves shot 41% from three. That's it. That, that's the game. The Wolves made uh, four more threes than the Lakers did. That was the game. That was essentially the game. That's what it all essentially broke down to. And a lot of that was the Wolves defense did a really nice job stopping the Lakers, stifling their attack. Even when the Lakers would call a timeout and try to run something in an out of timeout situation after an ATO, um, we saw the Lakers turn the ball over. We saw them settle for bad shots. They just, their initial action, their secondary actions were just getting torn to shreds all night long. And there were stretches, long stretches, where the Lakers offense looked like they were completely out of ideas in terms of how to attack this Wolves defense. So not a good showing for the Lakers. Not surprised that they lost when the final buzzer sounded. There was some hope there at the end that they would catch back up. But again, the Wolves looked like the significantly better team for much of the night, even though Anthony Davis was the best player on the floor. Let me get into some of your questions and comments. Uh, Drew, felt like we got outcoached at various moments throughout the game. Yep, uh, I'll agree with that. Growing pains for a rookie head coach, maybe, but a slightly concerning trend. Yeah, it's we've seen this happen a number of times. Now, that said, you can, see, you can look at this and say, well, it's a make-or-miss league. You hit a few more threes. This changes the, the game considerably, and, and that's true. But... It really did feel, just watching the game, there was, after about halfway through the first quarter, it felt like the Lakers weren't playing basketball at the same level as, as the Wolves. You could just feel the momentum wasn't there. The rhythm to the game wasn't there. The Wolves were consistently getting shots in the paint. The Lakers couldn't seem to do that. They were often struggling. The only way the Lakers could get any real offense going was if they were able to get a stop. And even then, they didn't do a great job on the defensive glass. They gave up some offensive rebounds. It they were very reliant upon getting stops and then attacking in at least semi-transition, and the Wolves did a great job getting back. So, again, credit to the Wolves and their defense, but the Lakers offensively, and part of that is you're missing your probably two primary ball handlers, D'Angelo Russell and, and, and uh, LeBron James, but the Lakers really looked like they couldn't figure out what to do in the half court against this Wolves defense, and that was a big, big problem this one. Uh, J-Dog. Said so this is on him and his staff need to need to learn to adjust better and quicker. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to pinpoint 
exactly what else to do because you're missing D'Angelo Russell. You're missing LeBron James. Those are the kind of guys that could get into the pain of this defense, do some things for you, just can give you some offensive firepower. A lot of the other guys are reliant, like Malik Beasley. He's reliant on someone else to create looks for him. So the Wolves said, okay, well, AD is going to get going, but we're going to make sure that the only other real primary creators, Austin Reeves and and Dennis Schroeder, they don't get going. And if they don't get going, that's going to stop Malik Beasley from getting going. That's going to stop Troy Brown, all these other guys who kind of rely on others to create their shots from getting going. So some of this was just the personnel that was available for the Lakers, but I still agree that you've got to find some ways to generate some better looks than what the Lakers did tonight. There were just too many moments where they just looked like they weren't sure what it was that they needed to do to attack this team. And that was unfortunate. Come on. All the teams we needed to lose lost and we lost at home. AD had no help besides Malik Beasley. Uh, The three guard lineup again in this loss hurt tough five games ahead. Yeah. That's, that's perhaps where this hurts the most is now you're really up against it over the next stretch of games because this is what you've got ahead. I know the Lakers are in the, you know, in terms of the strength of schedule, they've got one of the easiest strengths of schedule left, but listen to the next few games, Golden State and Steph Curry is coming back to play the Lakers. Did not play tonight. He will come back to play the Lakers on Sunday because of course, Tuesday, you get Memphis. Then you get Toronto then New York, who is red hot. New York is killing everybody right now. Then you get New Orleans on the road. Those are the next five games. That's a tough stretch. Considering New York is playing like a top-tier team right now, Memphis is a top-tier team. Golden State will have Curry back. They've been playing better lately. This is a very difficult stretch and not a stretch you want to go into missing LeBron James and D'Angelo Russell. We'll see if D'Lo can go on Sunday against the Warriors. They need him back as quickly as they can. I'm not saying this is impossible or anything like that, but this is a difficult stretch for the Lakers. And that's why this went or part of why losing this game is going to hurt that much more. Like you lose Sunday to golden state, you're staring down a three game losing streak, unless you can beat Memphis and you've got Toronto who you never know which Toronto team you're going to see on any given night. They can be really good or they can be terrible. The Knicks, You get the Pelicans who are going to fight tooth and nail, especially at home. They're going to be fighting to try to not lose the tiebreaker there. Uh, Houston, that should be a win, you would imagine. But then Dallas, you get Orlando in there. Phoenix, that's a tough one. There's there's some really tough games here down the stretch for the Lakers, and that's where this one hurts even more. Again, this is a game where you look at it and you say, you got LeBron, you got D'Angelo Russell probably have the ability on the floor to solve some of these problems that the Wolves threw at you with their defense. But without those guys, eh, just the injury bug hitting really hurt the Lakers in this game. In addition to, I don't think the coaching staff did a great job. Uh, Chris V, even if we made the playoffs, we'd just get out coached. I mean, I think OKC's coaching staff has done a better job than the Lakers in the matchups that we've seen them in. I think tonight was another example of that where the, the Wolves had a great game plan and threw it at the Lakers, and the Lakers couldn't figure out how to solve it. And again, part of that was the personnel that's available. Part of that is also you have to find a way to adapt and overcome if you're the coaching staff. And it wasn't like it was just missed shots. The Lakers couldn't figure out how to how to generate good shots in this game for the most part. Uh, tough loss. D'Lo needs to man the F up and play. WTF, man. 
with him, we win this game. We needed this game because the next two are losses. You know, I don't, the Lakers have beat the Warriors before. Now, obviously, Curry coming back, that that's a big deal. Uh, Memphis, the Lakers have beat them before, but yeah, I mean, that's their top tier team. That's going to be tough. So on one hand, you could say, well, at least everybody else lost two tonight. And so that helps it not feel quite as painful. But you look at the Lakers schedule ahead. Where's the next win coming? Maybe it's Sunday against, against Golden State. But again, it's not the same Golden State team if Curry's playing. Um, maybe it's Tuesday. Maybe you do squeak out a win against Memphis, but wouldn't count on it. That's a good Memphis team. Even with AD in action, they were a nine-point favorite the last time the two sides met up. D'Lo's not going to swing that that much. Maybe they become an eight-point favorite or something like that, or seven and a half since the Lakers are at home. So the Lakers are going to be the underdog in the next few games here, and they've got to figure out a way to win some. Um, not going to do it with the offense playing the way that they did tonight, though. So... We'll see what that looks like. But yeah, this that's a big part of why this game uh, was such a bad one to lose. Mamba said, there's two to three players in our starting lineup that are super inconsistent, clearly bench players, waiting for D'Lo and Braun like a holiday, need to come soon enough. And, and you know what? I don't think you can count on getting LeBron back. I think that the, for the Lakers, you have to look at this final stretch, this playoff push. You have to make the playoffs without LeBron. And if the answer is they can't do that, if they can't make the playoffs without LeBron, then they're not going to because they have to. There's, I just don't look at the schedule and see any possible way that he's back in time to really be part of the playoff push. Best case, best case, maybe he's back for the final like five games. And that's best case, no setbacks, gets the green light when he's reevaluated in three weeks and you're good to go from there. So I'm talking about the, the best case scenario. Doctors say you are 100% good. Go get on the basketball floor when he gets reevaluated. Then maybe you get like five games out of LeBron. They're going to have to make the postseason without him. It's a tall task. Some, hopefully you have don't have a lot of nights like this. I think they can do it, but their margin for error is very, very small. It's very small game to game, just like their margin for error within game is small. Look, You've got poor performances tonight out of Austin Reeves, out of Dennis Schroeder. Um, you just you didn't get anybody else really stepping up. They don't have the margin for error for that. You got a great game out of Anthony Davis, but you're not going to win games off of just a great AD game. Whereas if you have LeBron, if you have D'Lo, then, okay, all right, some a few of the role-player guys didn't have good nights, but LeBron was good, D'Lo was good, AD was good. That carried them, right? That's what we'd be looking at. That's the difference. You'd have that margin for error without those guys, though. You don't. You can have a great AD game, but if you don't get at least probably two other guys stepping up and having above-average games, you're not going to win most nights against quality opponents. So that's the problem for the Lakers here. Their margin for error, both in terms of the remaining games in the season and that they can't afford to drop too many games. They have a very low margin for error there. In And in-game, terms of what happens on the floor, their margin for error is just very, very small if they want to win games right now. Uh, Ree said this offense is so bad with no LeBron or D'Lo. Part of that was you got to give credit to the Wolves' defense. Again, they had a fantastic game plan. They executed it well. They saw what the Lakers did in their previous matchups. They saw how important Dennis Schroeder was to getting offense going, and they made sure that, hey, even if AD gets, gets some offense going, we're going to do what we can to slow down the other guys, and we have the size on the wings 
why we've been saying it's a wings league um, to really bother Schroeder and bother Reeves and bother these other players. And they, um, and they executed that to perfection. They did a really nice job. Um, super dope hip hop. AD hate. I see is corny. Schroeder was three for 13. Rui is two for nine. Reeves two and eight. Oh, 10 from three combined. That's the game. Yep. They go 11 for 30 and three for 10 versus seven for 30 and oh for 10. They win. Yeah. That's, that's just math. Um, AD hate out of this game. Is that, is that real? People are mad at AD in this game. He put up 38 points. He didn't get a ton of rebounds. I guess. I mean, he only had five rebounds, but two blocks. He did have six turnovers, but like no one else was generating anything. If AD didn't have a monster performance tonight, this, this is a blowout. Nobody else had anything going. I don't think you can look at this game and hate on Anthony Davis in this one. That closing lineup was unserious. LOL. Again, I think that Reeves didn't have had a really rough performance, so I think that's part of why he wasn't in there. But Darwin was just trying to find somebody who can create a look in a pinch. I think that's why we saw like Lonnie was out there um, because the Lakers' offense couldn't generate looks, and so you have to find you have to find somebody who can just hey, if the clock's winding down, I can create something on my own, and that's what he was looking for. Again, not a standard closing lineup or anything like that, but that's that's my take on why they were doing that. Why not play the foul game on Rudy down six with 112 left? Like hack a go bear, just foul him intentionally. Could have maybe. I mean, he shot free throws okay. What's he at on the season? He was six for 10 tonight. On the season, Gobert's 66%. I mean, you can try it. I thought the, to me, the worst thing was the big, big problem. Well, not the big problem, but the big mistake was late in the game. Anthony Davis has one shoe on his shoe comes off. And so he's just playing center field defensively and everybody else is trying to figure out how to adjust to that. And I, we, I, we were over on playback, uh, playback.tv slash Lakers nation watching the, watching the game. And I was saying, take a foul, take a foul, take a foul, take a foul. Someone just go grab somebody and found the Lakers had a foul to give. Just go foul somebody so that Anthony Davis can put a shoe on. So you're not defending four on five. Um, and they didn't. And they gave up a three to Mike Conley, and that was the game. That was essentially the dagger. They were down three at the moment, and then they went to down six, and that was it. Um, now, I won't say that they gave up the three necessarily because AD didn't have a shoe on, but you could see the other defenders on the team were a little bit out of sorts because AD was, was just kind of playing center field. He was just kind of playing in the middle of the floor because he knew he couldn't move that well with only one shoe should have just taken a foul. Just go grab somebody, stop play, so Anthony Davis can put a shoe on him. He's your best defensive player. He's the guy that's best capable of switching on anybody, best capable of stopping a drive to the rim, best capable of grabbing a rebound if the shot does go up. You're asking for all kinds of trouble on a possession where Anthony Davis can barely move from the middle of the floor. Why would you want to play a possession that way if you don't have to? Go take a foul, get Anthony Davis a shoe, regroup, and go from there. And the Lakers didn't do it. And that should be on the coaching. That, that Not every player on the floor is going to recognize, hey, AD doesn't have a shoe instantly. That should be on the coaching staff, screaming, take a foul, take a foul, take a foul. And they didn't do it. That's That was a missed opportunity there. 
Not saying, who knows, maybe you still get scored on on that possession. It's possible. But why just accept that your best defensive player is going to essentially be a tree in the middle of the floor when you don't have to? Uh, Tyler, we lose Sunday, the season is over. I see a lot of people jumping to the whole, like anytime anything bad happens, I see, oh, season's over, season's over. Everybody wants to jump to this conclusion. There's still a lot of basketball left to play. The West is still extremely compact. The Lakers are still right there knocking on the door to, to get in right now. So I'm not going to jump to that point. Lose Sunday and it's over. Right now you are one game back of New Orleans from the play and mix. One game back of Utah from the play and mix. You're two games back of the Clippers who are in free fall. They've lost their last five straight. You are now, unfortunately, two and a half games back of the Wolves. You would have definitely closed the gap there, but you're right there still. You're right there. Now, you have to win some games. There's some tough games and everything, but a lot of the, a lot of what the Lakers have needed, it's not just tonight, what the Lakers have needed to happen around the Western Conference has been happening. Teams have been losing games, um, and that's been helping them out. So I don't look at this and just say, oh, that's it, lose Sunday, and that's that's the end of the season. It does put you in a more difficult spot, and it's not good, but the West is so compact, they still have a chance to get in. Life is full of what-ifs, so what if you try something new when it comes to dating? Talkify is a new way to meet other serious singles. What if they help you find what you're looking for? Talkify is the country's number one modern matchmaking service that is designed to help you achieve relationship success. Their trusted compatibility specialists hand-select successful and compelling candidates so you can date consciously and productively. Here's how it works. The Talkify matchmakers meet with you to learn about what you're looking for in a partner then they'll select and screen potential match candidates for you, doing background checks, video interviews, and asking the tough questions that are too awkward for first dates. From there, your matchmaker plans your date introductions and handles all communications for you, creating a safe and stress-free dating experience. Talkify is committed to finding your match. 80% of clients met their person within the first 12 matches. And right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at talkify.com slash Lakers nation, that's T a W K I F Y.com slash Lakers nation for 20% off. When you become a client, talkify.com slash Lakers nation. Uh, Mahanad said, what a horrible loss. The offensive stagnation is killing this team. Dennis ISO all game. Won't cut it. This loss is on him. No timeout, zero ball movement. I it's been a complaint of mine all season that Darvin ham has been very slow to call timeouts. Uh, particularly in the third, the start of the third, you saw that whatever it was that you tried in the fourth quarter or you, that you talked about at halftime, I mean, was not working. And the Lakers looked visibly confused. The offense looked visibly confused out on the floor. They got to a point where they were down seven and I was on the playback stream saying, probably take a timeout now. You need a timeout. You need a timeout. No timeout, another discombobulated possession. Lakers don't look like they know what they're doing. Settle for a long jumper, and it turns into an Anthony Edwards three in transition, and then you're down 10. All because, and then it's a timeout. You could see your offense didn't know what they were doing. You could see how much they were struggling. You can't just sit there and throw your hands up and go, well, oh, well, let them struggle. Not in a game like this, not at this point in the season. You can't do that. You have to throw them the life preserver, call the timeout, and figure some things out and say, hey, here's what we're going to do to try to generate a look because X, Y, and Z that we talked about clearly isn't working. The Wolves are doing these things, so we need to do this. That's on the coaching staff. 
you've got to jump in there and save your team. And I know you can do the whole Phil Jackson thing. Well, no, they need to save themselves and all that kind of stuff. Not at this point in the season. You can't do that at this point. Early on, yeah, you want the team to figure out ways to dig their way out and all of that. Be self-reliant. Great. Right now, you have to win the damn game. You got to win the game. So you can't just sit back and say, well, save yourselves. Because you don't have time to mess around with that kind of stuff. You have to win the game, even if you don't get to teach the lesson of, okay, dig your own way out or, or whatever. You just can't do it. You've got to be quicker to call those timeouts. And we're seeing Lakers opponents do it. The Wolves did it. The Lakers went on a little run. Boom, quick timeout. Try to reverse the momentum. OKC is great at this. Did it. Anytime the Lakers went on a little run. Timeout, regroup. Lakers are beat slow on stopping those kind of momentum plays. And we've seen that pretty consistently. Aiden Young said, D'Lo has to man up and play, if not call it a season. I mean, that's that's what I always struggle with, right? Like, how do we know it's D'Lo who's saying, I don't want to play? Like, that's our assumption, right? When we see, when we hear, oh, player X is out. It's, oh, well, why isn't he tougher? Why doesn't he want to play? A lot of the time, it's not his decision. It's the medical staff. It's the training staff. They, they are working with the player and figuring out, what the player can and can't do. They're making the decisions based on risk. I mean, there's there's rumors out there that LeBron, if he absolutely had to, could play right now. He'd just be at a much higher risk factor for another serious injury. And so they're not going to play him right now. And look, rightfully so. But what I'm saying is it's not always the player's decision. And so we get frustrated with the player. Like, oh my gosh, AD is soft. Why is he not playing? Or D'Angelo Russell, why isn't he playing? He just needs to man up may not be his choice. Now, again, we don't know. Maybe behind the scenes, the training staff is saying, D'Lo, you're totally fine. And he goes, eh, I don't know. I still feel a little bit gimpy. I'm going to sit out. Maybe, maybe that's what's happening. We don't know. But most of the time, shocking though, though this may be, basketball players want to play basketball. They want to be on the floor. The training staff, the medical personnel, they're they often will step in and intervene and teams decide how much risk do they want to accept with the player playing injured. So I don't think this is necessarily, I don't think we can jump to the conclusion that, Oh, this is a D'Angelo Russell. Isn't tough enough situation here. Cause we don't know that. Uh, Brandon, this LA team is done winning championships. I mean, is it likely they're going to win championship this, this year? No. I mean, we're just saying just make it into the playoffs and then we'll see what happens. Um, are they done winning championships with LeBron and AD? Maybe. I mean, that's a, that's a discussion we can certainly have. But I'll also say there were coming out, coming into the 2019-2020 season, a lot of people were saying, eh, this team's probably not championship ready. And then they won a championship, right? Obviously different situations, but yeah. I'm just jumped to conclusions there. Rick said Lonnie Walker over Austin and Troy Brown Jr. to close it out. Make it make sense. Okay. So again, I, I really think it came down to in a pinch, who can create a look for us on their own. And I think you can argue Austin may have been able to, but he was having, this is, and look, Austin has been great, right? Let's not lose sight of the big picture. Austin's been fantastic for the Lakers. This was a bad game for him. He was not in rhythm. He was not having a good night. 
So I understand why you wouldn't go with him in this situation. Troy Brown did some good things, hit some threes, did some good things defensively, anticipating, but the Wolves defense is locking down. If the ball finds the hands of Troy Brown and there's a few seconds left on the clock, is he the guy that's going to go create a shot for himself and give you a scoring burst? Probably not. Every once in a while, he kind of can't even hit a three or something like that. But if you need somebody just to use a burst of athleticism to get into the paint and make something, anything happen for an offense that has been stagnant and incapable of solving the problems that the Wolves are throwing at them, it's Lonnie over, over Troy. Lonnie has a better shot of doing that. Now, Lonnie missed some threes. He also hit a nice pull-up jumper. I understand it's kind of a, it's a high-risk decision. Right, Lonnie can shoot you out of a game. Lonnie can shoot you into a game. But given the circumstances, I think I can understand what Darwin was thinking, why he went with with Lonnie Walker, even though that wouldn't be a typical rotation for the Lakers. We need a big. AD is too fragile. Dwight Howard, anybody? Dwight didn't look like he had a whole lot left at the NBA level last time we saw him. So I don't know if we can just assume... You know, you go sign Dwight and everything's fine. And you've got another big to throw lobs to or something like that. You can make the argument you need another big, like Nerland's Noel out there. Maybe you go bring him in. I don't know. But um, I don't know that Dwight solves what ails the Lakers right now. I'm seeing a lot of people that are upset with, with Dennis in the chat here. And that's, look, Dennis didn't have a good game. But you also, this is, what Dennis is, right? This is why, and, I, and frankly, he's been a good value on his contract, why he's a veteran minimum guy this season. If he was every single night putting up 20 points, 20 plus points every night and eight assists every night, if he was doing that for teams, then he's not on the Lakers because you're not getting him for a veteran minimum. Veteran minimum guys that ideally are going to be your sixth man here. And that's what Schroeder's going to be when D'Angelo Russell comes back. You, I don't, I have a hard time getting upset when he's had so many big games that have helped the Lakers out. You know, the Wolves did a great job defending him. And you knew that there was probably one of these games coming. Unfortunately, it, it happened tonight. Albert. Ham should sit more during the game and converse more with his staff to make in-game adjustments. Standing off to the side all night isn't working. So it's physically where Ham is in, in his coaching that is the, is the problem. Do, do we think that he's not listening to his coaching staff enough? I mean, maybe you can argue, look, Phil Jackson spent most games like sitting down, right? Which maybe that has a calming effect. Coach isn't worried. Coach is sitting back. All right, we're going to settle down, right? There, there's the body language can send a message to the players on the floor. I don't think I can jump to a point where I say, oh, well, clearly Darvin's, because Darvin is up and walking around, that means he's not listening to his coaching staff. I, I can't go there. Maybe he's not, but I'm, we're not privy to those conversations. So I can't just get to that place just because Darvin's up walking around. Although I have seen a lot of people making fun of Darvin for having his hands in his pockets um, constantly. It's becoming like the new Byron, Byron Scott, with his arms folded. All the time. He always had his arms crossed. Every game, arms crossed, Byron Scott. All game, every game, arms crossed. Um, Darvin Ham, hands in his pockets, is becoming becoming that for this group of Lakers. All right, 
let's see what else we've got in the chat here. You know, I would do the the superstar of the night, but obviously it's Anthony Davis. Dropped 38 points, so clearly it's AD. And did anybody else really step up? Not really. I mean, to get the star in your role award, I mean, maybe you can say Malik Beasley fell backwards into it with a 15-point night. Maybe. I don't know. Just doesn't feel like a great night for those awards. We'll certainly do the master lock in just a moment. We'll get to that, but doesn't feel like a normal night for awards. Uh, Avant said, realistically, what's the best seed you see the Lakers can get? Looking like the 10th seed will be tough now with this loss in the upcoming schedule. I still think they can get into the mix for ideally the the eight seed could be there. I mean, look right now, the eight seed is the Clippers. The Lakers are two games back of them and the Clippers have been losing a lot. And you have to go on a winning streak to get it done. But you're one game back of the Pelicans and, and the Jazz. Like if the Pelicans lose their next game and the Lakers win their next game, then the Lakers are in the play-in mix. So I think the seven seed with this loss to the Wolves, now you're two and a half games back there. That gets a bit tougher. But the eight seed maybe, and the eight seed would be great. I mean, if you can get the seven or the eight, then you're in double elimination. You've got a you've got two opportunities to win one game and make it in to the the standard playoffs. I, if you're the nine or ten seed, you have to win two games in a row. It's single elimination. That's tough. That's definitely tough. So I think it's still within the realm of possibility. Uh, William said, "Heard the skip info about LeBron bad arthritis." Yeah, I mean, that's the first we've heard of it. Maybe there's something to it, but I we don't have anything to confirm that. Nobody else has said that, so. I don't want to just assume that, yes, that's factually correct or anything. I would imagine LeBron will get asked about it next time he speaks, and we'll have to see what he says. But I don't know if that's uh, if that's a thing or not. Sean said D'Lo will help create easy, easier shots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was very clear. The Wolves took advantage tonight of two of the Lakers' main creators not being in this game, not being available. LeBron and D'Angelo Russell. You didn't have either of them. And if you just add D'Lo to this game. So now, instead of Austin, here's the ball, and you're having a, a tough night, but we don't have another guard to give it to, and you don't, you haven't spent a ton of time playing point guard in the NBA. Instead, it's D'Lo, here's the ball. You can create for us a bit. Let's run some pick and roll with you and AD. Then when he's out, it's Dennis, here's the ball, create some stuff. Again, Dennis didn't have a great game either, but you you have one extra playmaker that it looked so obvious the Lakers was were lacking in this game. I think there's a decent chance that if D'Angelo Russell plays this game, the Lakers come away with the win. And I'm not saying it looks totally different because the Wolves defense did a really nice job, but enough key moments would have played out differently to where the Lakers, even though I thought the Wolves did a tremendous job defensively, the Lakers could have won this game, particularly, my goodness, if D'Angelo Russell could have hit a three. I mean, like people have said, the Lakers, their three-point shooting, particularly for the guards, uh, abandoned them this game. And so if D'Angelo Russell shot even an average percentage from three, that would have been a big help here. Again, Dennis Schroeder, 0 for 4. Austin Reeves, 0 for 2 from three. Uh, Hachimura was 0 for 2. They just couldn't seem to get going from behind the arc. Lonnie Walker, 2 for 6. That's 33%. That's at least a little bit better Beasley was three for six you'll take that but you got an average shooting game from D'Lo that would have helped Maddie James should have had Mo Bamba in there with AD to help with Rudy line up Bamba AD 
uh, JV Beasley and Dennis Schroeder or Austin Reeves. So the problem with that is then defensively, you're not putting both those guys just on Gobert. And the problem becomes one player winds up having to defend McDaniels, Torian Prince, Kyle Anderson, somebody like that. That's a quicker wing that can shoot three. Most likely, you're going to be asking AD to do it because he's more capable. Okay. But then that means if AD gets pulled out of the paint to go defend McDaniels behind the three-point line, then what are you left with? Mo Bamba defending Rudy Gobert one-on-one. That's not great. We saw that happen a few times and it didn't work out well. So that's the problem with playing the both playing both of them together. Now, if it was two bigs on the other side and they're, they're not going to pull one of the, one of your bigs away from the floor, okay. You could even say, well, hide Bamba defensively on somebody, but the Wolves have enough players, enough wings who can shoot the three that it's tough to do that. So it's not an easy fix to that problem just by throwing Bamba onto the onto the floor for the Lakers. Uh, we need more size down the stretch. Lonnie was bad. Yeah, I mean, again, you're missing, like LeBron is your size on the wing that you're missing in this situation. But yeah, I mean, we've been talking about how the Lakers needed wings. They tried to get another wing. I believe the plan was to find a buyout market big and go get a wing with Patrick Beverly's contract and they couldn't do it. And so they wound up getting Mobamba instead. But the plan was to go find another wing. If you could find another wing with some size that you can put out there, that helps you out a little bit. But more size down the stretch period, yeah, they were smaller, but they're they're lacking players and they didn't have a lot of guys who could create something. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Renee, Lakers should just mail it in and try to get a top 10 pick. The pick swap with the Pels won't matter with the Pels struggling as well. Why would they try to get a top 10 pick? That pick would go to the Pelicans. Now you can say, look, like if the Pelicans start winning games, then 
what you give the Pelicans a top 10 pick and you get like 18th pick or something like that. Losing games doesn't help the Lakers. If they were in control of their pick, then sure. Now they're not going to do it, but you could say, well, silver lining, let's just, let's bench everybody, bench AD, <clears throat> bench D'Lo for the remainder of the season and, and bottom this thing out and try to get the highest draft pick we possibly can. They're not going to do that, but okay. You could try for that. But with the pick swap in play, there's no reason to do it. There's no, It's not going to help you at all. All you're going to do, and the only way that you really help yourself is if the Pelicans bottom out too. If the Pelicans are going to just continue losing games, okay, then I guess the pick swap may not matter as much, but you want to finish higher in the standings than the Pelicans do. The Lakers need the, would need the Pelicans to lose too. So the danger of just saying, well, bottom this thing out is that the Pelicans start winning some games. All you're doing is giving them a better pick. So you don't have the incentive to, to do that because you're not you don't have control of your own pick in that situation. Uh Davion said, use that final spot for a backup big. Again, Erlen's Noel, you've got the clutch sports thing though. So I don't know, but maybe that's a option there. Vincent, Wolves players just stronger than Lakers guard. Ball stripped under the basket. Reeves, Rui, tough game. Rui was really not good in this one, particularly finishing at the rim was awful. For Rui Hachimura, he's just not for a guy who's six eight with a seven two wingspan. He really struggles to finish at the basket. It just it does not go well more often than not when Rui is attacking the rim and trying to finish there. Um, yeah, the, again, the Wolves, the Wolves looked like the better team for most of the game. And if you're watching and you noticed in the fourth quarter, when was it that the Lakers started to mount the, their comeback? When their defense really stepped up the pressure and they were able either to able able to either get a turnover or get a stop on the Wolves. Why did suddenly things start going their way? Because then they were able to get into transition because then they weren't attacking the Wolves half-court defense. The Wolves half-court defense was giving them fits all night long. They started catching up because they were able to stack up a few stops in a row and a few turnovers, and that gave them scoring opportunities that they didn't have otherwise. Malik Beasley got his best look of the entire night from three when finally they got a stop, or maybe it was a turnover, but they finally got into transition and Beasley hit a big three uh, from the corner there. And that was what it took. The Lakers couldn't generate offense in the half court. And so it took getting into transition to do it. And the Wolves knew that because you saw them. Anytime the ball turned over, they sprinted back like their lives depended on it because they knew, hey, if we get back on defense, there's not much the Lakers can do in the half court against us when they're missing their two main ball handlers. All they've got is, is Schroeder and then Reeves isn't having a good game. This was a game, uh, Matty James, this was a game that had Bamba written all over it to throw another big body at the Wolves with AD out there. Again, the problem becomes defensively, trying to cover out to the three-point line. Again, you can ask AD to do it, to be the guy to cover out there, and you can try it, but then you're asking Bamba to defend, say, Gobert one-on-one. -on -one. Now, maybe you can say do it when Nas Reed's on the floor, but... Eh, I think in general, yes, the Lakers should try that at some point. They should try the Twin Towers approach. We've seen AD with other bigs before. In theory, Mo Bamba's ability to shoot the three and offer a little bit of shot blocking should be a good combination with Anthony Davis. I think you should try it. But again, you're asking one of those two guys to defensively chase on the perimeter. And AD can do it. It's not the worst thing in the world, but... How confident are you that Bamba can defend Gobert? See, it's different when it was a couple of years ago, and it's how confident are you that 
the 2020 version of Dwight can defend Gobert or the 2020 version of JaVale McGee can defend Gobert. Hey, great. great. Yeah, they absolutely can. Remember what Dwight did to Jokic? Yeah. Like, yep, those guys can do those things. I don't know that Bamba can do that. So that's that's the problem. And maybe you can say, well, it's still worth it. You can make that argument, but saying it's not as clear cut of an easy choice as it might seem. All right, let's do a few few more here. By the way, guys, this is this is a frustrating one for sure because it felt like everything was breaking right for the Lakers. So I understand why chat, why you guys are frustrated, everybody that's coming in. This was a frustrating one, and um, this team's been playing a lot better lately. They've provided a lot of optimism. But, man, this was an opportunity. This was a big opportunity tonight, and they just couldn't get the job done. So there's, I understand the fr- – I'm frustrated, too, after that one. I'm frustrated. That was – I hope that in a few weeks we're not looking back at tonight and saying that was it. That was their chance right there. Avon Trader said, I know him is signed for another four years. Any chance they fire him and hire Udoka or are there too many seasons left on Ham's contract? I don't see them getting rid of Darvin Ham this, uh, this summer or anything like that. Again, four seasons left under contract. Uh, they have a lot of faith in him. Jeannie was trumpeting Ham uh, being their big offseason addition. That was just this last summer. I don't think they've soured on Darvin Ham that fast. I also say this, and I brought this up with Keith when we did uh, the front office show live today. We do front office Friday. Now um, we did the live show today and I brought this up. I said, you know, how many fan bases like their coach? Like how many fan bases are big fans of their coach? Not a lot, right? I would say, OKC, San Antonio, Miami, Minnesota. There's probably a few more. But most fans don't like their coaches, right? Most fans don't. They, they don't like, most fan bases get frustrated with their coaches because if you're not winning, then something is wrong. And clearly the coach is the thing that's obvious to see, right? Oh, the team's not running good sets. Well, that's the coach. I would take a time out here. They didn't. That's the coach. I don't like that player. And he's on the floor. That's on the coach for putting him on there. The decisions that we see are pretty easily attributed to the coach. And so coaches take a lot of flack. They, they do. And so as much as we look at Darvin Ham, and look, I'm not saying he's been great this season. I'm not saying he's been a wonderful coach. He's made plenty of mistakes. He's made rookie mistakes that have cost the Lakers. But part of being a coach for most teams is not necessarily being well-liked. So we look at Darvin Ham, we go, oh my gosh, he's so bad. This is so awful. This is... They need to get rid of him. A lot of fans think that they need to get rid of their coaches. A lot of people are saying, get rid of Frank Vogel. And now we've got fans who are saying, can we bring Frank Vogel back? All of that is my way of saying, I don't think you should just dismiss Darvin Ham now. Now, if things don't improve next season, he's a rookie head coach, you decide. You can argue, well, they shouldn't have brought in a rookie head coach. Fair. Yeah. You'd say that. Um, but that's what they decided to do. And I don't think you pull the plug on a rookie head coach now. You see what he's got next season. And, and you go from there. And you go from there. Um, it's like you don't give up on a lottery pick if things are rocky their first season. 
because they can still find success later on. All right, let's see what else we've got here. I like this. T-Wolves were bigger, so Lakers can't control the paint. No paint control plus no long-range shots equals zero. It's as simple as this. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good summation of it, right? The Wolves were bigger, stronger, bigger wings, um, and that created a lot of problems for the Lakers. And the Lakers weren't able to mitigate that by knocking in enough of their threes. And that'll do it. <laughs> that'll do it. All right, we'll do a few more. I do need to get into the master lock of the night. Maddie James, even though we lost this game, never felt out of reach. They were close. They kept it close most of the night. It, To me, most of the night, it felt like the Lakers were not the better team. It felt like the Wolves were the better team. But the Lakers did stay close and give themselves at least a chance uh, down the stretch. Gives me hope this team can still make a push and string together wins for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, look, the, this is frustrating tonight. If you win on Sunday, even though Curry is, is going to play and all that, comes back just to play the Lakers again, because of course. But if you win on Sunday, that changes a lot of things, right? It'll change the, look, we ride the roller coaster. So this feels terrible and people are upset and angry. You win on Sunday, people are going to be up and happy and hey, this team's going to make the playoffs and, and all of that. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh boy, Hustle said the season is over. We need Kyrie Irving in free agency. So the problem with that is if you want to get Kyrie Irving in free agency, you have to say goodbye to everyone. Whole team. See you later. LeBron, AD, you guys stay. Everybody else is gone. I, I don't want to do that. Personally, I would, I would rather not go back to that three-star model. Kyrie's a great player, but... I would not do that if I'm the Lakers. Maddie James, we lost by eight. We only need a little more contribution from anyone. It will be a win. Oh, yeah. I mean, imagine you got a decent shooting night out of a couple of guys. It's a win. Dennis is inconsistent. We need a Mo and AD test. I mean, I think they should try it out at some point. Put those two guys together. And Dennis is indeed inconsistent. But again, he's not... You, aren't, you didn't bring him in with the idea of, hey, this is the guy that's going to give us 20 points a night every single night, and we can rely on him. He's been forced into that role because other people have been out. And it's, you're, again, you're asking a lot from him. You're asking more than is reasonable. 
from, from Dennis Schroeder. And it's the unfortunate reality that the Lakers need that from him. And we talked about this on our recent show. I believe it was yesterday's show. We talked about how the Lakers don't have a margin for error anymore for that kind of stuff. Like, if you don't, right now, once you've got, if you had LeBron and you had D'Angelo Russell and Dennis Schroeder had a bad game, okay, you can weather that storm, no problem. We even saw it, The Lake, what was it, against the Warriors? The Lakers, D'Lo got hurt, LeBron was bad, AD was not good. And they won because they had other pieces that could step up, other guys that could step up. But you lose LeBron, you lose D'Lo, and suddenly you can't withstand a bad game from Shooter. You can't withstand a bad game from Austin. You can't withstand bad game from some of these other players. You just can't. You don't have the ability to do that anymore. Your ceiling is lowered. Your floor has also been lowered as well. And that makes it much more difficult to just have that kind of baseline of success because you're going to get more fluctuation at the lower spectrums here. Um, where if you don't get a good game from pretty much everybody, you're uh, you're in for a long night. That's that's what we saw tonight. And again, credit to the Wolves. Their defense was, was part of that, part of creating that. Phantom King. When this team doesn't make the play-in, the front office is going to use that as an excuse to say they weren't good enough even though we never really got to see it all together and they're going to blow it up for a third star. Man, that's my nightmare. <laughs> that is my nightmare. But you're right. That's that's what's on the line here. Okay, there's a couple things here. So we're big picture watching, are the Lakers going to make the playoffs? Right, That's that is our main focal point right now. Are they going to make the playoffs? Yes or no, right? Subplots. LeBron, is he going to come back this season? Are we going to see him again? Is he going to be healthy? So if you do make the playoffs, do you have LeBron? Because let's face it, if you make the playoffs and you don't have LeBron, it's going to be a short stay there. Um, Anthony Davis, can he be a 1A guy you can build a team around? The next few weeks will tell us about that. Right? No LeBron. Can Anthony Davis lead this team to the playoffs? Because LeBron's not going to be back in time to be a major factor in the playoff hunt. Just not. And then the other subplot, which you bring up here, is what does all of this mean for this summer? If the team makes a playoff push, does that mean that the Lakers, the front office, Genie, will pay to keep this team? Because you look at the players on this team right now, and the guys you traded for, Mobamba, Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura. You're, you're in position to hang on to these guys. A lot of them need new deals or they need contracts picked up or, or whatever. But you're in a strong position to keep them. You're in a strong position to keep these guys. Now, Troy Brown, Lonnie Walker, maybe it's a little bit dicier there. But Austin, you're in a position to keep. You're in a good spot to keep the bulk of this team together. The challenge, though, is you're probably going to have to go into the luxury tax to do it. So the other thing, the subplot that we're keeping an eye on for the remainder of the season is, are they good enough for the front office, for ownership, the powers that be, to say, not only are we not going to go after that third star, we're not going to have, our, you know, our, our eyes aren't going to wander over to Dallas and what's going on with Kyrie, but we're going to commit to this group and we're willing to go into the tax. We're going to pay what it takes to keep them because we believe in this group. If they flame out, the wheels fall off, and they wind up the 12 seed or something like that, it's a lot more difficult 
to say yes to that question than if they make a great push here, they finish as the eighth seed or the seventh seed or something like that. LeBron comes back and they they pull off an upset in the first round. They get to the second round. Well, then it becomes a lot easier to say, okay, yes, we've got something here. Write that check. Let's do this. And I think that's the outcome you want. That's the outcome you want. But there's a lot on the line. And it's not just do they make the playoffs or not. It's do they play well enough over these final, what, 18 games now for the front office to say, this is our team. This is the team we want moving forward. Kyrie, sorry, we're not we're not going back to that three-star model. We're not gutting our team so we can put it together a roster of LeBron, AD, Kyrie, and a bunch of veteran minimum guys. We've been there. We've done that. We're not going to go down that path again. That is the other big, big thing that's out there for this team over the final, what, month now, month plus of the season. All right, let's get into this. We've been venting, letting out frustration pretty much the entire show. Well, let's do it officially. Master lock time. Master lock of the night. The master lock of the night. Oh, no, I've already got somebody who said, put me in the master lock. What did I do? But the master lock of the night. Who are we putting in the master lock from this game? Our buddy Chris, the Masterpiece Masters. Take his finishing hold. We take whatever is the most annoying thing from the game. We put it in the master lock. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Somebody said master lock hams pockets. I like that. I like that one. Somebody else commented. This person commented, Trevor always be raising the people's eyebrow. You know, I didn't realize that I did that until I started seeing that comment on our few recent shows. And then I went back and looked and I went, oh my God, I do. It's not intentional. <laughs> it's not intentional. It just happens. Uh, Master Lock Reeves, I'm seeing. Master Lock Mo Bamba. Master Lock LeBron. Master Lock Darvin Ham. Master Lock Ham's Pockets. Master Lock Anthony Davis's Shoe. Master Lock AD. More people saying Master Lock Trevor. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. I am going to say my Master Lock of the night it's going to Darvin Ham. It's, it's going to Darvin Ham. Things were not going well. The Wolves defense give them credit, but the Lakers coaching staff did not figure out a way to adapt and overcome. There were way too many offensive possessions where the Lakers, and again, personnel is part of this. You don't have your two primary ball handlers, but the Lakers offensively looked befuddled by what the Wolves were doing and couldn't figure out a way to beat that. And that can be difficult to do on the fly. But that's the job of the coaching staff. That's the job, right? Is to adapt and overcome, to figure out a way to generate good looks anyway. And the Lakers were not able to consistently do that. I didn't feel like they knew how to attack what the Wolves were doing. Again, they looked confused for long stretches of the game. And the only way that they got back in wasn't because they cracked the code and figured out how to suddenly get good looks on the offensive end. It's because they finally got a few stops and were able to get in transition and not have to beat the Wolves half-court defense. So I will master lock Darvin Ham, the coaching staff, for this one because of that 
particular situation. All right. Oh my goodness. I've got people in the chat even saying Luke Walton is a better coach than Darvin Ham. How things change so quickly. Grass is not always greener, but again, I'm, I'm not trying to say that. Uh, the Dar- oh my God, I'm reading some of these comments. I'm not trying to say that Darvin Ham's a great coach, but a lot of teams are frustrated with their coaches. That's That's the way it goes. Or fans are frustrated with their coaches. All right, everybody. I appreciate all of you for joining me. Frustrating show, for sure. Frustrating night. I wish we were talking about how the Lakers were in the play-in right now. How they had moved up because everybody else lost and it was a perfect night and all of that. That would have been a much more fun show. But unfortunately, that's not the narrative right now. That's not the world we're living in. And the Lakers have got to figure out a way to bounce back on Sunday. Another early game. Remember, it was the early game that saw LeBron get hurt last time. Um, Early game, 1230 Pacific time on Sunday. We'll be over on playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Thank you, everybody, for joining me here tonight. Till next time, see ya and stay safe. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com